Hey, this is Don. And this is Sonny. And we are Paired Together. together. Welcome back and thank you for joining us. Uh, Today's topic is going to be on black love. Uh, This topic stemmed from uh, an invitation which we received from Greater Washington Area Urban League. And it was moderated by Dr. Michelle Allen. Uh, This this came from a forum on black love. And it, it was it was thanks to the efforts of GPMC's Derek Petit, um, who helped with Christina Hardaway of the Thursday Network to coordinate the event. It was significant because it was the first time that an LGBT uh, couple was included in the Black Love Symposium. And so it was it was Don and I and uh, two other straight couples, and we all spoke in the forum. Uh, it was really a wonderful event. And uh, for, for those of you who weren't able to join us, um, we're just going to go and start discussing some of the topics that we talked about uh, in the symposium. OK, so the first question uh, that we spoke about was, does black love exist? And that was, you know, basically because uh, we have to define what black love is. And the question was, so how do you define black love? So I'll start with the uh, with this question, and I'm going to say that black love is uh, is our collective experience um, as as African Americans in America. Um, it's it's the the history and culture of of our people and the struggles that we have gone through on the outside world. As as and and then dealing with those those challenges in a loving way at home, so it's about our heritage, it's about our culture and our community and our history, and that combined experience um, equates to black love. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the first uh, question that we discussed. Um, the second question that we discussed was. Growing up, did you see any healthy examples of relationships or marriages? If not, how did you learn to build a healthy relationship? Well, growing up in a nuclear family with a mom and dad, I always knew that I wanted to be married. I knew that I didn't want to be that person who was single because <laughs> I grew up with a mother and father. And I felt like marriage was an institution, so I knew um, growing up that I need to be married. So I did get married because I wanted to be married, but my first marriage was with a female, but that didn't really go right because I'm gay. So, um, it wasn't a good fit for me, but actually we're still friends. So then Sunny and I got married and it fits and this is who I am. Just my, my, my growing up, you know, my, my family values is like, you have to be married. And I'm not saying marriage is for everyone, but just going up, seeing two people working together, seeing two people loving each other and building together is what I wanted because it's instilled in me. So that's why one of the reasons why I got married. Okay, so um, that was that was Don's uh, answer to that question. Um, one of the things that I found um, to be significant was that um, of most of the panelists who were at the forum, um, many of us did not grow up um, unlike Don and and two into a, you know, two-parent household. Um, Many of us had, you know, single-parent households, 
and um, you know it was it was not exactly um, healthy um, examples of relationships or marriage. And it was interesting that you know some of us you know were saying that the same things and and essentially that we didn't see these um, examples of healthy um, marriages in our homes. So um, you know we had to look to other things. Um, to to find examples of healthy relationships, uh, one one example uh, was mentioned. That was the the Cosby Show. You know where you 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 saw on TV that you had a uh, a you know a professional black mother and father, um, you know raising children in a, in a healthy and normal way, and that was one example for um, some of the panelists as as to what you know what we modeled our healthy relationships um from uh, another another point is that um you know even though we knew you know didn't necessarily grow up in healthy relationships we knew uh what type of relationships that we did not want to have by the um the toxic relationships that we saw in our environment and so we knew um you know not as much as uh, to do this, but to not do that. You understand? So that was another thing that we uh, basically learned, um, you know, in regards to healthy relationships. Um, okay, so moving on from that question, um, the next question is, how does gender roles impact your relationship, um, even in the context of the same sex? Same gender relationships, expectations based on gender expression arise. How do you navigate those? Okay, so that was the question, and uh, I I took the lead answering that part. I said basically for our relationship, um, you know, traditional gender roles just don't exist. Um, there's no man and there's no woman at home. Um, we share responsibilities, and we just have to have a mutual respect for each other, um, and you know, there are some things that one of us may take the lead on and the other person, you know, takes the, you know, takes a more supportive role. But for the most part, we, we both respect each other as, um, you know, as men and, you know, we're guys who love guys. So that's our experience. You know, we, we don't, we don't, um, you know, assign tasks to each other. Uh, rather, we just work them out collectively. Okay. So, um, you know, and then some of the other couples, they were saying that they did see um, some examples of gender roles um, in their household. Um, one one couple said, you know, um, in fact, you know, uh, one of the, the, the guests who spoke was also saying that um, in one relationship and the prior, he let his uh, wife do all all of the gender roles and things related to the home. And and now in his new relationship, he's changed and he's uh, started to uh, be more involved in the home and and do some of the things that he didn't do before because his relationship before didn't really work as well. So, um, you know, he's been more active with, you know, cooking and cleaning and doing those type of things in this relationship. And this relationship has been a healthier relationship for him. So I think it's important to mention that um, as well as the fact that, you know, some families still do have a traditional gender role in their home. And, you know, it, it's really about uh, balancing what, what works for your particular family.
Okay, so um, and then the next question, uh, describing your courting practices. Uh, for example, some people date around and then date exclusively and then consider marriage. Others date one person at a time and then consider a monogamous partnership, is that etc. So um, it was just talking about dating, guys. So the next question was like, um, you know, how did you reach the point where you were dating? Um, I think Don and I kind of explained, um, explained, you know, like how we met and the things that we were looking for when we met. Um, we were we were looking for people who respect one of another and, um, you know, people who have compassion and people who have drive, people who want it to be in a um, in a in a monogamous relationship. Um, and, uh, I think, um, I think that was the biggest takeoff of that. Did you, did you have anything to add to that, Don? No, I think that's pretty much what we covered. Okay. So, um, it says, did you know you were ready, ready for a relationship? Um, how did you know you were ready for a relationship? I knew I was ready just because I was previous to Sunday. I was dating around, you know, keeping my options open. And um, I, when I was dating, I wasn't just dating just to be dating. I was dating to look for looking for a long term relationship. And um, in the past, and when I was dating. I actually, I didn't find anybody until I met until I met Sunny. And you know, I had a checklist. Um, when you're dating, you should you should be dating either to have fun or be dating. For something in mind, like if you want a long-term relationship, you want to get married, or something like that. Have a checklist and um, keep keep a um, checklist and live by your checklist. If you see um, a person that meeting that certain criteria, walk away. You know you don't want to be with somebody long-term and they don't meet the needs that you you know that you want. So when I was dating, I was always looking for a long-term relationship, and I was always looking to settle down and eventually one day get married. Yeah. And I think some people come from other perspectives. You know, some people are um, dating and having a good time and then they meet someone of value and then they just um, decide to settle with that person. So um, there's no set um, there's no set plan on how that works. Um, And so, you know, each each, you know, person has to kind of find themselves and how they what their expectations are from the relationship. One of the things that I think we were pretty clear on is that people have to have a good sense of self, self-worth and self-value. And they have to know how to set their limits and, um, you know, and stand on what uh, their expectations are and their own um, set of set of boundaries for themselves. Um, OK, so the next question is about. uh the experience of dating someone non-black um, and if they had the privilege of meeting your loved ones, how did they respond? OK, so Don was one of the few panelists who actually has dated outside of his race. So he kind of spoke to this. So I'm going to let him speak on this one. Yeah, um, I, I don't um, think that just in your own race for me um, I don't think that for me, I don't think just in your own race helps you find love because I think love comes in all, love comes in all colors, you know? So I, I wasn't, I was open dating white, Asian, Indian. I don't care. I was just looking for love. So just because someone's black and you're black doesn't mean you're going to have a connection. And if you keep your limits so limited, if you keep your, you know, if you feel only I'm going to date a black person because I'm black, that's to me, 
is keeping a closed mind. So love Absolutely. is love. Yeah. And if you find somebody who's not the same color as you, who cares? If he treats you good or if she treats you good and you're on the same page and you have a connection with that person, go for it. I mean, I dated in the past white men, white females. I dated black. I dated Indian. So I'm not that one who say just date your own color. That's not who I am. And that's not who I'll ever be. Okay. And uh, did you ever feel that there were some differences in terms of privilege? Because you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, it's a difference of privilege, most definitely. Um, just um, systematic privilege is when you date, you know, other races. Society kind of treats you differently. Um, you know, when I did date white, I, you know, I got, a, you know, a little bit of a preferential treatment in certain, certain places I went. But, you know, that's not either here or there. But it's just, a, it's just either if you love that person, you work everything out, you know. All right. So the next question was about uh, Gary Chapman's five love languages. Um, so it just asked what the top love language was and how um, how are these concepts integrated into our relationship? So I explained to the audience that um this is one of my favorite parts is, is that I'm really big on um, personal touch and time and attention. And um, so, you know, and that means like I like contact. And we talked about the differences because, you know, Don's a New Yorker. He's not as big on um, personal touch because, you know, he didn't grow up in a touchy feely environment. And so, you know, personal touch is not as big for him, but I love hugs and touching and cuddling. And I've explained how, you know, like when I watch television, um, you know, I get upset sometimes when I see these touchy feely couples on TV and I want to I actually desire that in my relationship. So, you know, I fuss about that sometimes and things like that. And I like the personal contact. Um, and and I just like uh, another member on the forum, um, you know, enjoy the fact that, you know, at night when we go to bed, we hug or we cuddle or touch each other or even this, you know, foot is on me. So that kind of um, that kind of touch, personal touch is important. And um, Don is more, uh, you know, uh, gifts and acts of service. So, you know, for for him, uh, different things, um, you know, give him gratitude. And, uh, you know, he can speak more to you about the gifts and the acts of services than I can. But it's just to say that, um, you know, we we both have to negotiate, um, you know, in terms of what works for us because the the same things that work for me are, are basically like his his polar opposites um in terms of the 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 five uh, ways that we experience love and so um so we just have to make sure that we're basically meeting the other person's um needs for love okay and uh Don did you want to talk about how acts of service and gifts yeah and- I'm totally we we it's five five love languages I'm all about um gifts I'm not emotional. I'm not a coloring type. I'm not a hugging type. I'm not. I'm not a touchy feely type. I don't know why, but that's. I know who I am. And that's not who I. That's not who I am. I'm more like. I love you. Let's take a trip. I love you. Here, pair of Gucci shoes. I love you. Huh? Let's go get a manicure, pedicure. I'm about this gifts and stuff like that. But the person know I love them because I'm here, and they know. That I love them because they know who I am. They know that I'm not ever a touchy-feely person. So 
I can see if I'm touchy-feely hugging all my friends and hugging my parents and hugging my sisters and brothers and then I don't hug that person, then it'd be a problem. But I've never been a touchy-feely person. Um, my love is shown different ways. So, yeah, he knows I am and that's totally right. Yeah, so it's just a cultural thing. I mean, um, so that that that's how we uh, basically um, explained the, uh, the five love languages. And... Um, if you're not familiar with Gary Chapman's love languages, five love languages, you should definitely uh, check them out. Uh, maybe we'll have a whole nother discussion just about that one day, possibly. Um, OK, so the next question is, why is black love important? And some have said that the black family and black love is the cornerstone of our collective well-being. Do you agree or disagree? And why and why not? This is the last question um, that we basically are going to discuss. But um, I felt that it that black love is important. Um, you know, it's so great to um, to have people who can um, vibe on the same energy with you and um, have the same shared, um, you know, uh, societal experience. And, you know, you know despite everything that goes on outside in the outside world to come home to a safe and loving environment um with that with that type of same type of person you know so i think it's important that that uh that we have um you know black love and black family um so and i and i do feel like it it, it is a is the cornerstone of our collective well-being um and uh, and do you have anything else that you want to add? I just wanted to say, um, just on this whole black love discussion, I just felt honored that Sunny and I was the first um, same-sex, gender-loving couple to represent um, black love on the national 